We're now uh, keeping the conversation in Australia, actually, which was an accident as I was putting this together. <laughs> but Australia is making Google and Facebook pay, and not in like uh, figurative sense of "I'm gonna make you pay." Uh, they are quite literally making them fork over the dollars for their media cur- uh, curation platforms. So the ACCC, which is the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission was tasked recently with coming up with new codes to force tech giants to pay for the news content that they use on their platforms. This is something that we initially covered when they, uh, when this was first announced as a task uh, several months ago. So it's exciting now that we actually have some tangible developments. The ACCC proposed a draft code that would create procedure to secure money from Google and Facebook, and that money would pay Australian news publishers to distribute said content on Google News or on Facebook's um, uh, news dashboards. So the rule would work in this way. Australian publishers and digital platforms, like Google and Facebook, would have three months to agree to a deal for payouts through formal conversations and sit-downs, you know, just sort of classic back and forth. If no deal is reached, a final offer arbitration process begins, and that process selects the most reasonable offer within a set 45 business days. So first you get three months to try to do it on your own terms. Then if you can't, there's going to be an arbitration process that basically uh, creates some kind of consensus within a mandatory 45 business days. And the draft code has to pass a month-long consultation process before it's presented to Parliament for debate. And then if it's passed, it would be uh, reviewed in about a year. So there's movement here. It's not set in stone yet. still a draft code. Um, but even as a draft code, it's still drawing a lot of responses from key players in this broader debate. So I'm going to read some of those quotes. I think they're enlightening, and then Tyler will get to our thoughts. So first up, uh, the Australian treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, he said, quote, Our regulatory changes are designed to create a level playing field and a fair go. We want the rules in the digital world to reflect the rules in the physical world. We want to ensure consumer protection is enhanced, competition is increased, and of course, we deliver a sustainable media environment for all Australians for the future. So that's from the treasurer. Here's from Mel Silva. Mel Silva is the managing director of Google in Australia and New Zealand. Said, quote, the, uh, excuse me, said, quote, the code discounts the already significant value Google provides to news publishers across the board, including sending billions of clicks to Australian news publishers for free every year, worth $218 million. It sends a concerning message to businesses and investors that the Australian government will intervene instead of letting the market work and undermines Australia's ambition to become a leading digital economy by 2030. It sets up a perverse disincentive to innovate in the media sector and does nothing to solve the fundamental challenges of creating a business model fit for the digital age. William Easton, Facebook's managing director for Australia and New Zealand, didn't have as uh, much of a... Uh, a passionate response said, quote, reviewing the government's proposal to understand the impact it will have on the industry, our services and our investment in the news ecosystem in Australia. So Facebook's more like a oh, word giving this a look and we'll get back to you. Uh, but what are your thoughts on this as a procedural solution to uh, the dynamic that we see of Google and Facebook curating media, uh, but sometimes uh, siphoning some of the ad revenue 
or uh, the clicks by first uh, cataloging them through their website. Does this seem to you, Tyler, like a solution that would work uh, to get both parties at the table for an extended amount of time to discuss and settle on a a direction moving forward? Uh, Yeah, thoughts on that? Yeah, this is really interesting, and there's a lot to digest here because you know we, we've we've detailed in the past, and you know we, there there's been a lot of conversation about the way that Google and Facebook both do a lot of damage to local news outlets, and um, that that's been detailed in in, in a lot of um, to to a wide extent, I think, uh, across a lot of different platforms. But the other thing is that Facebook and Google have because of the way that they work and because of the way that they bring higher engaged stories to the top tends to often uh, allow for the most, um, what's the word I want to use, the most um, outrageous or maybe the most um, controversy-ridden stories to the top, right? And, and so you wonder if this wouldn't level things out a little bit to allow people access to journalism that should be highlighted but isn't because it's not the most uh, flamboyant thing written that's that's just done to get clicks that's just done to get um, traction and and eyeballs on sites like Facebook and Google because that's that's the biggest thing right is that is that because of how Facebook's algorithm algorithms work and because what it wants is engagement what it wants is for you to find the most crazy story and then comment on it. And then, you know, there's a billion comments of people arguing about, you know, a piece of journalism that was only done for that particular purpose. And so you wonder if that, if this doesn't help maybe level that out a little bit and give people access to better information, because right now Facebook is just a cesspool of really, really bad stuff. (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, I really don't get on Facebook much anymore for that reason. Um, And also most of my fun contents on Twitter anyways, but like when you look at Google versus Facebook, uh, I think that the the dynamic right now where they get to just uh, curate this content for free probably is not sustainable into the future, um, especially as money around journalism continues to get axed. I mean, you know, federal funding for journalism always gets cut. Combine that with just dwindling sources of revenue uh, and a over-reliance on advertisement as the revenue stream uh, really puts local journalism in a precarious spot. And the real reason why local journalism is getting gutted is because it's being bought up by giant firms, uh, corporate media firms, that don't really care about the mission of the local journalism. They just want to turn a profit from the local journalism. And therefore, often, uh, the best way to do that is to cut labor costs. So you see newsrooms getting dwindled. You see um, you know, journalists being tasked with more and more and more responsibility as individual players within their organization. And it creates worse content and less content uh and then advertisers are are, you know less inclined to want to advertise on a worse platform boom it's just sort of a you know the snake eating its own tail Uh, eventually it'll just kill itself and die so that is the direction of a lot of media especially print media 
And I could see why in that dynamic, the last thing they would want is for Google and Facebook to just get to use their content for free, especially because it's not like Google and Facebook are struggling for money. (laughs) They are two of the largest companies in our modern economy. They are tech giants. They are, you know, sort of the the next barons, uh, if you want to look at uh, the sort of uh, scale of growth that we see in tech versus like, you know, the railroad barons and the oil barons of ye olden days, um, you know, they're absolutely capable of paying money to publishers to curate their content. However, that requires a, a much more structured relationship and one where Google and Facebook no longer uh, work as sort of the like the benevolent platform that is just doing everyone a, a a public good by providing so much free access, but instead really analyzing the power dynamics of well, yeah, they get free access, but also they are a multi-billion-dollar company mm-hmm. and they are the gatekeeper for the internet, or often they are the internet when we talk about Facebook in a lot of developing countries that don't have access to a lot of uh, websites and a lot of, um, you know, just some some of the things that we take for granted about our internet access they don't have. And Facebook basically acts as that web portal. So when all the news is funneled through there and you only read the news off of Facebook and you don't end up clicking through to said small, uh, you know, um, uh, Australia or New Zealand publishing house right then uh they're not getting that ad revenue money and instead the ad revenue money on google and facebook is what's eating up your clicks and your attention so i see the vision of a more structured dynamic that pays out to publishers as a good thing no matter what you know google says or facebook says like we have to take into account their size and their power. Like it, it's just impossible to view it as like, oh, but they're just giving us a great service and everything's like, no, sorry, the media industry is already at a precipice and the last thing it needs is for its content to be consumed for free mm-hmm. without triggering the um, the uh, revenue generating mechanisms that are in place for the industry. However, I don't really know if this specific dynamic of sitting down for three months, agreeing to a deal for payouts, uh, or if that doesn't happen, some arbitration process as being the way to do it, because I don't know what those conversations would actually look like. What does it mean for Australian publishers and digital platforms to sit down and talk about a deal? Uh, You know, who's to say that Australian publishers are going to have any level of the same amount of power in that discussion that Google or Facebook would bring to the table. You know, who's actually sitting down having these conversations? I I don't know. I I don't think that is fleshed out yet because this is still a draft code. But I think that is where I would put my critique on this is that to some degree, it seems like uh, unless the structures are there to force Google and Facebook to cede some of the argumentative and uh, relationship power back to the publishers, Mm -hmm. it would just end up being like demands that get denied. And eventually there is concessions from the industry to... Uh, you know, fit into the existing model because it is hard to deny that Google and Facebook don't provide at least some reach or some click-through for these sites. It's just more of a 
is that worth the you know the clicks and outreach that we lose or the authentic marketing or the authentic growth we could be having with our platform instead of just sort of uh, building the growth of the platform of Google and Facebook. Right. You know, I, uh, it's, it's funny. We were talking about this today. We watched, um, my wife and I watched uh, the movie Spotlight last night. Have you seen it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great uh, movie. Fantastic movie detailing uh, the Boston Globe's breaking of the story of um, abuse in the Catholic Church, right? And you, you look at that story and you, you look at how journalism was and you think that that wouldn't happen today. It, it, like it just, it just can't because news outlets aren't as well-funded as they were in the past. You can't afford to have teams of people focusing in on stories the way that they did in that particular, in that particular movie. And you think that, uh, that society is at, um, in a worse place because of that, I think. And so, um, I, I think it's important to, in some way, shape or form, find ways to empower news outlets, um, in the past. And I know that there's this, there's this kind of war on the media, um, from, uh, different segments of our population, but I think that um, me as a as a sane person, I, I want to sit here and say that uh, that news outlets are incredibly important to informing the public, to uncovering certain stories like the one detailed in that movie, and um, finding ways to empower them again is something that is going to be essential moving forward because it's hard to imagine what the future of news media looks like without right. some form of change from how things currently are right the future of news media right now is not google and facebook eating all of the revenue off of the hard work of small right. journalists right. and it's also not uh corporate hawk firms that find uh you know investment opportunities mm -hmm. and then gut the newsrooms and then leave them to die as they, uh, you know, also take in whatever remaining ad revenue is left. And it's also not CNN and MSNBC and Fox News of just like just corporate news being where we get our sources of information. Real authentic community journalism uh, that uh, tells new and and refreshing stories that is inspiring but also that is challenging and mm -hmm. that tells truth to power that happens at a community level and people within a community best understand their community, right? Like right. CNN, unfortunately, is not going to be able to best understand every small town America community that they might, uh, you know, curate some content around. However, that small agricultural newspaper in Wyoming is going to be able to comment on that because the person writing the story lives there. Uh, but right now, they don't have funding, and right now, mm -hmm. they're being bought up and gutted, and right now, their revenue streams are down, and right now, their content is being siphoned onto Google and Facebook, and they're losing revenue because of that. So, as much as Google, I think, wants to say that they're, you know, giving them free content, it's a denial of what the actual power dynamic is, which is that Google and Facebook are cementing themselves as the news platform by just pulling the work that's already done on the other sites. Right. And though that, that reach is convenient for the consumer uh, and convenient for companies that want sort of the free marketing of, hey, yeah, I'm on Google News, uh, once you try to become a sustainable operation and you want to own your media channels, you know, relying on Google... And having Google suck all of your 
your revenue or have Facebook retain uh, you know the the clicks and the views on their site for your content mm-hmm. is going to become a major problem. So I I disagree with Google's thoughts that this is a perverse disincentive for innovation in the media sector. Right. In fact, I think it's the absolute opposite. I think it is an opportunity to put more money back into the media sector so that it can innovate at the grassroots level. That's what really needs to happen, not Google telling small publishers how they need to innovate so that they can best match their platform. So I, I think it's more of a power dynamic conversation than anything. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I totally agree. And I wonder, just last note here, you know, will this come to the U.S. and would it work in the same way? Uh, I, I'm not sure. Um, I, I think our dynamics are probably very similar to the ones we see in Australia. Um, but I wonder if the um, the power structures here in the U.S. and the way that corporate media uh, has a hold on the media industry here uh, comparatively to other places mm-hmm. in, uh, in the developed world, uh, if you know, the trajectory would happen the same way. If there would even be uh, political pressure from our leadership to pass any kind of legislation like this, uh, you know, are the Democrats and the Republicans going to find any sort of bipartisan consensus on this um, or not? Or, you know, is this a lost cause that's just going to be left to the whims of the free market and, you know, media companies are just going to have to deal with it yeah um you know i i i think often these dynamics just get cranked up to a hundred in the united states so like anything that might seem like oh wow that seems like a an unfortunate dynamic elsewhere it's like yeah well (laughs) in the united states it's like anything to do with like uh corporate relationships often the um like the most extreme version you can just turn to the u.s and find it here so 100 uh, <laughs> percent. it's just it's it's a tough situation for media right now but uh, it's encouraging to see that there are you know at least conversations happening at a structural level to support publishers so i'll always support that absolutely yeah i i, I will as well because i think they occupy an important place in our society but you're right the the argument always gets just uh, ratcheted up to one hundo here in the United States because um, because the media is a convenient um, enemy to demonize. I think if if they say something you don't like, regardless of how true it is, that is true. That is true. And while our media institutions deserve criticism for uh, you know varying reasons, just critiquing the media for existing in the first place and just sort of letting it. Uh, crumble under the mm-hmm. weight of uh moneyed interests is not really the best way to address those problems so yeah those are my thoughts i'm with you on those thoughts good good <laughs> i was about to boot you off this was a snippet from business casual with daniel litwin and tyler kern your b2b morning radio show Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries. 